0: Cats at night. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. This is John Katsimatidis, the number one show at 5 o'clock in in the whole East Coast right now, uh, because WABC is uh, a uh, clear channel, 50,000-watt channel. And after dark, we go from the Bahamas to Florida, all the way to northern Canada, all the way to northern Europe, and... uh, we deliver the news. I understand that even the KGB and even Chinese intelligence listens to us to find out what the heck is going on. I mean, it's, we're
1: joking. Well, you have lots, of times,
0: lots of times we have gotten uh, headlines in Russian papers or Ukrainian you- papers. On what we talk about.
1: Because you have sources no one else has. You know everybody. Well, we have some good people. Like, and you, come on. And, and you and, tell uh, the truth.
0: And in the studio today, we have been abandoned by all the Republicans. We only have one common sense Democrat in here. <laughs> uh, we have Richard Weinberg and me and Lydia. And I understand one of our uh, leading... Uh, uh, military
1: experts is on the phone with us. We have a, by, by the way, we have a fantastic show. I want to tell everyone we're going to have former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo keep it right here, General McInerney, Larry Kudlow, uh, and, but uh, Brock Pierce. But first on the line, we are going to speak to four star general and former vice chief of staff of the United States Army and presidential Medal of Freedom recipient. And he's also a national security analyst, General Keane. Thank you so much, sir, on this Veterans Day for your And today we are celebrating Veterans Day. And uh, so the first thing
0: in hand, I'd like to ask the general about Veterans Day and and how our armed forces are doing. General?
2: Well, listen, our armed forces have challenges uh, that are pretty significant. Uh, We see the regression that Russia is taking on Ukraine, and we're helping to uh, provide the equipment to the Ukrainians. We've got the 18th Airborne Corps headquarters deployed in Poland. We've increased the troop deployment to Europe by 20,000. We we've got aggression taking place in the Middle East by Iran. They've already fired missiles at one of our bases inside of Iraq. And we think there may be more coming. Uh, That's the reality of what they're facing. And certainly the thing that we're most concerned about, uh, John is, uh, is China and Taiwan. And so we 're increasing the armament to Taiwan, and we 've got our troops over there uh, training them as well
0: uh, President Xi the other day said President c the other day he said, uh, uh, said other day, he, uh, he uh, said to his people, "Prepare for war I mean, is that a usual thing he does, or uh, just to rile up the troops, or is he serious
2: well he 's serious, and but to be frank about it that 's what we tell our troops uh, every single day, our troops are preparing. Yeah. For the reality, they may have to go to war. That's what they do, and it's not surprising. He's telling his thing, his troops that. What is different about President Xi is that he has said time and time again, and he just said it, John, as a result of the uh, 20th Party Congress uh, ending uh, over a week ago, that uh, they intend to take one by take Taiwan by force if that's necessary, and the Taiwanese are not going to capitulate. So that is a path that certainly he has put his military on, and that gives us great concern, to be sure.
0: And the other thing my concern is, and you are a uh, a soldier from when our, our forces were the strongest ever, and hopefully they stay the strongest, uh, that uh, there was concerns that there's too much of a woke culture going on in our militaries. And we're supposed to be fighting some real bad guys. And if we're sending woke culture people to fight them, are we in deep crap?
2: I don't buy into that. I've seen our troops up close. I understand what they're doing. I commanded Fort Bragg. that had all of our airborne troops and special operation forces. I can tell you what they're involved in every day is preparing for war. It's got nothing to do with this nonsense about woke culture. Uh, That's just the reality of it. If you talk to what's actually going on on the ground, I think what we have is the military is under attack. we got the far left attacking it for being white supremacist and being racist, and we've we've got the far right attacking them for uh, a woke culture. Neither one of those is true, to be quite frank about it. What these guys are doing, without all the munitions they should have, without all the equipment they should have, and being outgunned and outmanned by the Chinese, whether it's ships, airplanes, ground forces, missiles, you name it, except for submarines, they're outgunning us outmaning outmanning us. They're preparing for that war and working hard at it.
0: I am so happy. General, I am so happy to hear it from from an honest guy like you that's been in the military. How many years were you? Thirty-something?
2: Thirty-seven and a half. Uh, and still engaged with national security and foreign policy and certainly with the military itself. I never thought I would be that much involved after I retired, but uh, I am. And I'm, I'm motivated and focused on protecting America's interest and protecting the American people. That's 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 where I'm coming from.
0: General, good men never retire. We're always there for our country.
2: And well I, I I really appreciate on this Veterans Day the one percent that stand up, take an oath, and are willing to protect the ninety nine percent of the American people and, and, and thank God we live in a country that sets three days apart every year Memorial Day, Armed Forces Day, and here Veterans Day to make certain that the country remembers who was willing to make sacrifices for them. General,
0: we have a few minutes left. Tell us, you tell us what you want to tell. We have a million listeners listening right now. Tell us what you like to tell uh, all Americans.
2: Well, I, the thing that concerns me the most uh, is the fact that China is. China has more missiles, more airplanes, more ships and the quality of their technology is outpacing ours. We have an erosion of our military deterrence, something that we enjoyed against the Soviet Union for 40 years and therefore they never ever took the step to conduct a conventional war against us because of that. This has eroded with the Chinese because of the 9-11 wars and the Obama administration's cuts of the Defense Department for eight years. So we are behind. And the fact is, we have active duty. Admiral, as recently as this week, uh, indicate that we have lost our deterrence against the Chinese, and we're heading to a potential conflict. And any of us who have looked at this over the last four or five years knows full well we could lose that conflict. And that's what that admiral is saying. That's what many people like myself have been saying. But the president of the United States and his administration is not talking about that. They're not going to the American people and saying we have a potential problem here and we're going to have to up the Defense Department budget above inflation. And they have not done that. It's sitting right there at inflation level. So it's flatlined. And that makes no sense given the threat that we are facing. And there needs to be a sense of urgency to get after this thing. The Chinese are serious here. What we don't wanna do, John, is provide them the incentive to attack Taiwan and therefore have a war in the Pacific because they believe that the United States is so weak that it's not gonna be able to respond adequately. We've got to remove that and make certain that they look at us and we upgun ourselves and they see a significant deterrence which would impose cost on them and deters them from taking that move much as we had done so successfully for 40 years with the Soviet Union. That is my message. We have to move with a sense of urgency to fix this. This administration is not standing up telling the American people the seriousness of the problem and here's what we need to do to fix it.
0: Well. General, thank you so much for what you've done for America and continue to speak out for America. I'm concerned about uh, Taiwan, and I think under the, uh, the, the current circumstances, it's a matter of time. I think my personal opinion is they're giving us enough time to rebuild chips in America because they don't want to destroy us completely before they take over Taiwan. Yeah.
2: Thank you. We'll, we'll see. God well, bless. It was good talking to you, John, and your audience.
0: God bless America. Thank you. And now we have uh, the crypto market has gone berserk. Is it worth anything? Well, we have the expert. Describe to us uh, who we have on the phone.
1: Well, Brock Pierce, according to your Twitter, I'm going to go by what what it says there, because we were trying to figure out exactly how to uh, describe you. So you're a futurist, a philanthropist, an economist, a creator. And when it comes to Bitcoin, you are the expert. The expert. (laughs) Welcome back to Cats at Night. Brock,
0: tell the American people that a lot of people are panicking out there. Tell us what the heck is going on with cryptocurrency and Bitcoin.
3: Well, there's um, three sort of macro events that have occurred. One is this runs through cycles. We usually have very big gains where you're seeing very large, um, you know, call it percentage returns. Often it will go from 5,000 to 50,000. You know, you're looking at these types of returns. We went through one of those cycles. Uh, Bitcoin went into the 60,000s, found its kind of peak, and then it comes back down into the next valley. And then a, a second event occurred. A major uh, uh, algorithmic experimental system, a stablecoin uh, called Terra Luna, imploded. The, uh, uh, there was a flaw effectively, and it. it was a vulnerable system, which cost $40 billion to get lost, had a, created a, a chain reaction of counterparties that were impacted as a result of that. A number of important businesses imploded, affected institutional and retail. And we then found ourselves at a, uh, a, a deeper valley. And this week has been an absolutely uh, wild one for crypto. Uh, a, a major exchange uh, called FTX, which is, if you know the Miami Heat, the arena, it's the FTX arena. Uh, raised billions of dollars from the most prestigious institutions, thought of in high regard. Its founder, Sam Bankman fried or SBF, had committed to giving a billion dollars to Democratic um, uh, politicians. I think he was the second largest donor to Joe Biden's presidential run in 2020. He was the fifth largest donor in the midterm election. A, a billion dollars of
0: politicians? That would call protection money?
3: Um, well, no, his mother was a, a, a had started a super PAC just prior to it, so I think it actually is more of a, a family mission than a, um, a protection money, you know, based upon what I've seen. Um, you know, it's it's a, you know grew up in a politically minded family, um, though I'm sure it, it has more than one purpose. It might have served that function as well, um, and you know, he very much aligned, aligned himself with the, the Democratic Party in that sense and was committed, I think, to giving Biden in the 2024 run, I think he said 100 or 200 million just to him, uh, or that one race. And so he also had become the self um, sort of uh, appointed or anointed person trying to tell US regulators how this stuff should be regulated. And I I guess I forgot to mention, he just turned 30. Um, And so uh, old lessons that we learned here um, well, first of all, an, an article got released to another um, media a journalist uh, called Coindesk, one of the top, the, probably the leading publication in the crypto industry. Michael Casey from The Wall Street Journal used to cover crypto. He had headed up that and left and run this. They were leaked a document of the market making arm of FTX, the market maker, and it was their balance sheet. And the balance sheet had $14 billion on it and 9 billion of it was effectively their own paper, their own stock, their own token. And so everyone thought that this organization had a very deep balance sheet. They only had 300 million of cash. And when that information got leaked to the media just over a week ago, for those that were paying attention, what seemed like an incredibly stable institution all of a sudden had doubt and people started basically having a run on the bank. That led up to Uh, uh, effectively a bank bank freezing all withdrawals and quickly caused uh, uh, things to shut down. Binance, the biggest crypto exchange in the world, said we'll buy you, subject to due diligence, entered a non-binding term sheet. Uh, Then one day later, Binance found out that they had $8 billion of debt and uh, that the SEC and the Department of Justice was investigating. They pulled out. That caused FTX to FTX to implode, go into bankruptcy. CEO resigns. Uh, one of the other companies, BlockFi. So this is so besides uh, in, in the, the, the three history, one of the most. This is like this is like Lehman Brothers blowing up in 2008. That's the closest analogy I wow. can give you. And all their counterparties are being impacted. It's a very big or, ordeal. And even all of the experts, we didn't see this one coming. This was perceived to be a you know, uh, 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 it, we, we all just assumed this was a, a, a well-run, uh, uh, strong balance sheet, brilliant entrepreneurs and team operating a uh, uh, an exchange that would have been successful for the long so term. So is, is is
0: lo- how much money is lost in that public company?
3: Well, it's not public, but uh, the founder's net worth was uh, um, uh, on paper, as well as a bunch of other assets, liquid. But he was worth seventeen billion dollars last week, and as of today, it might be zero. This might be the 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 one of the wealthiest people in the world going from here to zero in the fastest time ever.
4: Wow, wow! So, what's the future, it's Richard Wymer. So, what's the future of this kind of uh, currency?
3: Well, so in the short term, obviously, this is uh, um, you know uh, uh, having a, a a very big negative impact on the industry. We don't know to what extent. The other counterparties are being damaged. The exchange being locked up has made uh, funds in that exchange unaccessible. So it's having a, uh, uh, a horrific effect on the industry here in the short term. In the long run, it's a good thing. Institutions that don't know how to manage risk and who are the institutions that. You don't want these types of businesses, in the, you don't want them in the business long term.
0: You're, you're for sure. Which institutions got hurt? Were there lenders in
3: there? Yeah, so it's mostly um, other uh, hedge funds and things of that nature. So these would be the the most call it traditional institutional types, the Sequoias, a bunch of firms you wouldn't have heard of. But uh, uh, the, this is not so much retail. Uh, this is hitting the the really sophisticated because to, even to all of us, we thought this was a reliable. Um, you know, h- held in high regard. Uh, this is like a Lehman Brothers imploding—something that yeah. no one could have. Got. But no if one you have,
0: but all of a sudden they found out. The, the way I read it, and I, you know, I, I try to catch words. We thought he had three hundred million in cash, but nobody realized he had eight billion in debt. I mean, that's a that, balance sheet that, item. Correct. Who are who are the uh,
3: It Well, so part of the the problem here is. They were using their own, effectively, stock as the collateral to loans. The problem, and why no institution does that, is if the stock price starts to drop, you, 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 you can find yourself in a death spiral very quickly. You have no way of getting out of it. You can't use your own, you know, call it stock, or in this case, your own cryptocurrency, from your exchange as the collateral. Would, you, would you classify to to this
0: debt? as uh, uh, Madoff two?
3: No, because it's different. It, 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 it doesn't appear to be, you know, uh, uh, a complete fraud or sham. Uh, this seems like uh, a young person not having the right systems and controls to manage risk in place. And as a result of that took exorbitant risk that you don't take as a financial institution. Uh, this is someone that didn't understand the responsibility of, of running nice. a business of this nature
0: understood that, Brock Pierce thank you and we'll talk to you maybe next week again to give us a catch up on what the heck
3: is going on in the cryptocurrency market and, and one, uh, one, one last thing go I'm ahead Puerto Rico and just uh, 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 James wanted to make sure to say hi we she uh, just gave a wonderful speech uh, I have to give words as well in front of the capital of Puerto Rico here at Somos um, on, on, on Veterans Day and so you know, thank you to all the veterans and I just wanted to make sure to send her regards
0: Brock Pierce enjoy the sunshine God bless you.
3: God bless you.
1: Now we have the top economists in the world in in the the solar system. We've got Larry Kudlow. Happy Veterans Day, even though you're not a veteran, but we're say happy veterans, right?
5: Well, yeah. Happy veterans. We remember all of our veterans, those who are with us and those who made the ultimate sacrifice to keep America safe and free. God bless all of them.
0: This, uh, I just had a very interesting conversation with uh, one of the advocators of Bitcoin. It was quite interesting. That's all I can say. This, well, I heard
5: the back end of it. it the, of the,
0: the guy that was chairman of that company last week had a net worth of $17 billion. Today he has a net worth of zero.
5: Yep. Yep. Well, there's risk. There's big risk. You try to go in. but One of the troubling parts of that story, uh, perhaps you covered it, is uh, he was doing uh, Bernard Madoff stuff.
0: That's what I said to him, Madoff too.
5: Yeah, the guy's a corrupt guy, he's a crook. He was using customer money to cover his liabilities. Terrible story. The whole thing from soup to nuts. I will say one thing. I mean, not all crypto people are as corrupt as this guy is. And some of the crypto stuff is going to be around. I mean, it's not Bitcoin. So I, I still think there's a future for crypto. But then again, it's probably going to mean some additional regulation. At some point, people are going to have to look at that. The crypto people don't like to talk about that. There's a strong libertarian strain. But look, you have to have basic banking laws, John, basic investment laws, basic SEC laws. And so that's probably part of the story. I'm not a guy who loves regulations. Well, at the beginning, to beginning of that. the
0: conversation, he said that his mother ran a pact and the family gave a billion dollars yeah. uh, to the Democratic Party with, with, with Biden. And then he also said he committed 200 billion yep. to the Democratic Party in 2024.
5: Yeah. Is yep. that called well, protection that, yep. money?
0: <laughs> Sounds yeah. like it. It doesn't sound like I a good
4: investment to me.
5: I think I, Tom Brady is going to be playing football for another ten years. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, tell us the, the, markets, the markets. The uh, markets uh, were both working today. The markets were open. The markets went up tremendously after the uh, uh, the um, elec- election. You yeah. give us your interpretation.
5: Well, I think two things. You know, yesterday's rally was really quite something, um, particularly the the NASDAQ part, which I think was up 7% or something. And the other indexes are up three, four, 5%. So I think, John, it was a combo, all right? I, I think, you know, the day after the election, there was a lot of confusion. Would the Republicans take the House? Okay, the Senate's still up for grabs. I still think Herschel Walker can help them pull out the Senate, but the House will go Republican. And once those returns were a little clearer, um, I think that that was part of the rally. The market likes gridlock, uh, understands how you can stop the bad stuff with the GOP and have a check of the balance on some of the runaway things that the Bidens have been trying to do. But I think the inflation number was very welcome uh, also, so that perhaps the Fed will not be as aggressive in its, um, in its tightening policies, I do want to warn, I mean, look, um, you've got a wage price spiral that's still embedded into this inflation story. So consumer prices up 7.7%. That's still a high number. But inside that number, services prices are still rising, and most of that is a function of wage costs. And the wage story is a very difficult story because people are working hard and they're getting higher wages, but after inflation, their real wages are falling. So that's going to be very difficult. When you let that cat out of the bag, it's very hard to get it back in. And so I would not be as euphoric as some people are about the inflation numbers. That's all I'm going to say. And I think the Fed's got a long battle in front of it to get back to 2%. And the bank
0: stocks... Have gone on up tremendously. I mean, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, uh, J.P. Morgan was ninety nine dollars a share. Now it's almost one hundred and thirty. Uh, Bank of America was twenty eight. Now it's almost uh, forty.
5: Well, that's good. I mean, I think our banks are in good shape. By the way, they're very well. I, I, I well. agree. I agree. Um, I would be uh, a little cautious, but I'm. You know, I'm not a near term trading type guy. I always argue stocks for the long run and it's the best-performing asset going back a couple of hundred years, according to Professor Jeremy Siegel and some others. So, uh, you know, the market's going to bobble around. There's going to be a lot of volatility. Um, We'll just have to play this one. Uh, I'm, I'm not happy with the economy. Even though the economy is better in the second half of the year than it was in the first half of the year where it actually declined, contracted, um, I'm quite concerned about parts of the economy. And again, the soft underbelly is that middle-class folks are suffering real wage declines. And um, I think that's a big issue. So the housing market, the housing story is not good. Housing is basically in a recession. Um, so I think, you know, if we had better federal policies, you know, you've been talking about that. I read your op-ed piece Um we got to, you know, take the handcuffs off, turn the spigots back on. We need more supplies. Mr. Biden is in Egypt touting his Green New Deal and touting his uh, uh, fraudulently named Inflation Reduction Act. He's putting the clamps on natural gas. Not only are they taxing natural gas, now they're going to go after the methane part. Um, That may make sense in the long run, but basically he said before the election, no new drilling And he said, we're going to end the coal plants. This is not the right way to go. We have to let a thousand flowers bloom. I've said this a million times. Renewables should be there. Nuclear should be there. Hydro should be there. And fossil should be there.
0: We all agree. We all agree. And I'll tell you, they're trying to force electric cars by 2030, 2035. And my personal opinion General Motors agreeing with them so badly that they're converting their entire fleet. I think it's a big mistake, and I'm a shorter of General Motors stock, not a not a buyer. Well,
5: Mary Barra is making a very big bet. You're right. Um, She's we'll betting the ranch. The She's betting the ranch. She may be betting the entire com- uh, company. By the way, Ford is not doing that. Okay, Ford yes. is not. Well,
0: doing that. Maybe it's a family operation. It's a little bit more more smarter.
5: Well, maybe so, but the the generic point here is that first of all, we should have choice and be able to buy what cars we want. Second of all, we don't yet have an alternative infrastructure to do the kinds of things that the Biden seem to want to do. They're pushing things way too fast. The movement towards renewables should be looked at as a 50-year cycle, mm-hmm. not as a 10-year cycle. And meanwhile, We ran this. We talked about this on our show tonight. The United States has the largest declines in carbon emissions in the last 15 years of any of the developed OECD countries. Why? Because of natural gas, which is a clean burning fuel. In fact, the European Union has reclassified it as a clean burning fuel. As
0: as well as as well as uh, nuclear.
5: Well, nuclear, of course, but nuclear is the ultimate renewable. But my point is, natural gas has been reclassified by the European Union. Their greenies are smarter than our greenies. We should look at that and understand the value of natural gas and of course, it affects air conditioning. It affects home heating, and all these things. We need to be
0: well. I, I, I think the Germans right now are cutting down trees and trying to get warm when it gets there. <laughs> and that's anti-environment, cutting down all those poor trees to, to get warm. Larry Kudlow, have a it's great a weekend.
5: Fifteenth century approach. Yes, to the energy. <laughs>
1: have a great weekend.
3: You too, John. It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: Welcome back to the John Katz Matides Cats at Night Show. And we continue to honor our veterans today and celebrate our freedom and honor those also who made the ultimate sacrifice. On the line with us right now is General Thomas McInerney. He's a retired U.S. Air Force Lieutenant General. He has served in top military positions under the President of the United States, as well as a Secretary of Defense. And you started your career. You were also an air controller and fighter pilot during the Vietnam War. You've flown 400. Seven combat missions. My goodness, I could go on and on, General, about your impressive resume.
6: Well, thank you very much. Uh, uh, thank you for honoring the veterans today. It's, it's very important. Uh, I go back. My father was in World War One as a 17 year old boy, and he was in France on uh, 11 November. 1918 when the war was over that we now call Veterans Day in honor today then of course I had uh, four brothers out of uh, or three brothers myself four of us went to West Point my father ended up being a career when he came back from World War one going to West Point and graduating the class of 1923 uh, and then was in World War two as well as Korea wow. uh, and my one of my youngest brother was killed in action in Vietnam, on March 11th, 1967. I had an older brother over there at the time who, who was shot or destroyed the most surface-to-air missile sites. So uh, uh, we go back a long way, and we're very grateful to be able to serve this great nation.
4: General, it's uh, Judge Richard Weinberg. Sir, so I wanted to talk to you about your new book, America's Endgame for the 21st Century, a blueprint for, for saving our country. It seems to me, General, that we're in the most difficult times of, of my lifetime. We're facing this axis of evil against us. We're having trouble on the inside, and we have these external threats. What are your thoughts about how we can deal with these issues sir?
6: Well, let me say this, Chad. This is the most difficult situation in our history. And why do I say that? Well, we knew during the Civil War, World War One, and World War II, the nation knew we were at war. But what the nation does not fully understand is what has happened. And uh, uh, fundamentally, we have gone in two years to surrendering in Afghanistan, um uh, Having open borders, teaching critical race theory in our schools, massive inflation, devaluating devaluating the dollar, and uh, lawlessness in our cities, and that's not an accident. General,
0: that's not an accident. It's called the art of war, developed by the Chinese 2,000 years ago, Chun Zhu. Defeat your enemy when they don't even know they're at war.
6: Correct. You know that. And they, in 2005, promulgated a new strategy for global domination in which they would gain it without using uh, kinetic warfare. And uh, that's bombs and bullets. Uh, instead, they were going to use massive cyber warfare and massive biological warfare. Fifteen years later, in 2020, we had a pandemic well i I'm here to tell you that was not an accident that was deliberate. You originally heard it came from a fish uh, a bat market in Wuhan. Well, we all know now that it came from the Wuhan virology lab and If you understand that their doctrine that they promulgated in two thousand and five called unrestricted warfare, we are now in that war and
0: uh, in general, in addition to that. Uh, in, in Vietnam, Korea, and Afghanistan, we lost one hundred and seven thousand uh, soldiers uh, men or uh, women and uh, uh, in the drug war them the Chinese feeding the Mexican warlords with uh, fentanyl in the last twelve months, we might have lost as much as of one hundred and forty thousand in twelve months. During all those wars, we lost 107. So is the Chinese getting even with us for the opium wars of uh, the previous century?
6: Well, whether they're getting even with us or using another uh, epidemic, biological warfare, that's the same number rate that we lost in World War II. In almost four years in World War II, it was three and a half. We lost four hundred and some odd thousand, uh, roughly a hundred thousand a year. So we are losing in that age group, somewhere between sixteen and uh, forty, uh, hundred and seven thousand a year, which is the same rate of killed in action in World War II. So we do not realize what we are—that we are in a world war, not right now, in the Chinese own this country they have permeated everything with the with their dollars big tech and all that are our, uh, our companies that uh, have outsourced much of our 80 percent. for instance of our medical supplies come from uh, china so you are spot on and and that we need probably a separate uh, segment to do and go in and, and talk about it but let me give you what just happened last tuesday Go
0: ahead, tell us. we got a minute left before we have to take a hard break. Go ahead.
6: All right. Well, this is going to stun you. Dr. Oz won in Pennsylvania against Fetterman. Uh, they, they moved through cyber warfare 330,000 votes from Dr. Oz to Fetterman. And the Republican Party has not discovered this or has not wanted to. And Dr. Oz conceded. He should have immediately demanded an audit. He should demand an audit, and, and so we can show that 330,000 votes, and he lost, by the way, by 130,000 votes. Well,
0: well let me. So, let, well, um, I'll tell Dr. Oz as a personal friend. I will tell him to look into it.
6: Well, tell him to call me. You have my number. Okay. Look into it. He did not lose, he won. Thank you and so i'm I'm delighted to be on and talk to you God bless you and God, God bless, bless you
0: me. and God bless America
3: this is cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: Welcome back to the John Katz cats at Night Show. We are still awaiting Secretary of State Mike Pompeo to come on so there's a lot of talk about what's going on with No, why don't you
0: uh, rob your name? Okay. Uh, Robert Unane called in. He wanted to call in today, but he's up on 50, uh, 45 or 50,000 uh, feet up in the air, and he has a message.
1: Correct. He said he wanted to thank uh, WABC, especially you, uh, for constantly supporting Goya and Goya Cares. He says, This and every Veterans Day, I am reminded of the price our veterans have paid to protect our country. In lieu of saying thank you for your service, I want to say thank you for our freedom. Our 40th president, Ronald Reagan could not have communicated this any better by saying the following quote, freedom is a fragile thing and never more than one generation from extinction. It is not ours by inheritance. It must be fought for and defended constantly by each generation for it comes only once to a people, those who have known freedom and then lost it have never known it again. Well, you better
0: tell that to the Venezuelan
1: people because in 20 years,
0: they went from the wealthiest country in South America, civilized country in South America, to, to just as bad as Cuba.
1: You just really have to wonder why anybody would vote for that. We know socialism. We know Marxism doesn't work. So why it's they call themselves progressives, yet they're using a concept that's many, many, for, many years old. Well,
4: first of all, socialism and communism never worked anywhere. The history is perfectly clear. It doesn't work. It's repressive. They've killed tens of millions, maybe hundreds of millions of people in names of socialism and communism. The only thing that really works is our kind of freedom. President Reagan had it exactly right. You have to fight for it for every day. And when people like uh, Secretary Pompeo and General Keene and uh, General McInerney- Make the commitment to fight and defend this country that 're doing the right thing, and you can never take it for granted and This approach by the Chinese who really have declared war on us. And going after us on every level, both internally and externally, this has to be confronted and dealt with. And the problem is that the Biden administration has shown no understanding nor any inclination to understand the seriousness of it. And I'm very troubled by that. And
1: what else did Ronald Reagan say? He said peace through strength. And we are not exhibiting any strength. And you know what? Another thing we don't need to do as Americans, as Republicans or conservatives, is what Trump has been doing. He tweeted out, if CNN were smart— They'd open up a conservative network and only have me on. It would be the most successful network in history. Fox only made it because of me. Twitter only made it because of me. And even Facebook is now down in the tubes, having lost almost $90 billion in value, blah, 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 because they dumped me. So... Is he spiraling, Judge Weinberg? Why? And then, of okay. course, he's been going after Glenn Youngkin, saying his name sounds Chinese. He also called DeSantis de-sanctimonious. Why? Can can somebody explain this to me? Why?
4: I think it's uh, unfortunate that someone who is actually a very successful president, had very good policies, protected this country better than the Biden administration is doing, which is not at all. And now he's lost it. And that's a, a major problem. He has to understand that the Republican Party is a minority party. You have to have a broad outreach, a big tent, bring everybody in, stop making civil wars within the party. It's very, very important that the Republicans win the United
0: States Senate. Otherwise, I you're understand. going to have a runaway well, away. we're waiting for, uh, for Secretary Pompeo, uh, Dr. Michalos is calling in uh, to give us a, a couple of tidbits for the weekend. Dr. Michalos, let us know what, what's going on.
7: Everything's great, the only thing is we're seeing a lot of uh, flu, uh, flu is on a big resurgence back in the New York tri-state area and we're seeing a lot of something called respiratory syncytial virus which is affecting pediatric patients and it's basically like a bad flu, high fever so when you do have that it's good to get checked out. And now with these rapid tests, it's great. You can go to most urgent care centers or your doctor's offices and you can rule out things like strep with a swab, COVID and flu, and find out what's there and get treatment early on. Do a lot of hand washing, try to stay healthy, avoid people when they're sick. If you are sick, wash your hands, try not to go to parties if you're not feeling well, to spread the colds, run humidifiers in your bedroom so that your mucus membranes are moist, you're less likely to get sick. And, and the humidifier uh,
0: your bedroom has to be a minimum, of, uh, a 50% humidity.
7: 50% because when the air is dry and desiccated, that's why when people go on airplanes and the humidity drops to 5% because they don't want humidity on planes because it causes rust, metal fatigue, and structural failure. That's why people get sick on airplanes. Also in the car, too, when you're blasting the dry air, too especially if you have to have dry eyes. Sometimes it's better to wear glasses even if they're clear so the defogger air doesn't hit you and also dries out your mucous membranes in your car. And if someone's sick, you should probably tell them not to be your uh, passenger and they should stay home and uh, eat healthy, take your multivitamin and uh, get your flu shot if you haven't had it because the flu shot does help uh, to get through the uh, winter and it is readily available now. And I think we've caught up with our supply chain with things like flu shots and Tammy flu, the oral antiviral that works great. You take it in the first 72 hours when you get the flu. But the uh, urgent care centers and the doctors I'm speaking to are saying there is definitely a rise and it's happening because as it gets cold and we move into indoor dry air, these things start to spread. Another exciting news that's happening custom. Uh, Treatments with a, a genetic uh, treatment called CRISPR where they're going to go in and cut genes and create uh, the ability of your immune system to attack specific types of cancer cells, which is very exciting. We're going to talk about more on uh, cats the, on Sunday mornings. Uh, probably yeah, you'll
0: week. be on this Sunday show, and uh, I understand you uh, you have some additional revelations, uh, and you'll be on between 9 o'clock and 10 o'clock Sunday morning on the Cats Roundtable and um, people should listen in.
7: Absolutely. We want to keep our audience healthy and keep them uh, aware of all the current uh, medical advances that are happening in medicine, surgery, and things, and safety issues. We talk about cars, too. As I uh, finished uh, high school, actually, as the number one auto mechanic at Fort Hamilton High School in Brooklyn. So I know a little bit about cars. So we try to tell people about cars, get ready for winter bike tires that are a traction a temperature so you do much better in the snow and the ice and adverse conditions check your batteries check your uh, belts change your oils and uh, just be safe out there and uh, drive slowly and carefully and never drink while drunk and i always tell people don't drive if you're smoking marijuana which i call dw high instead of dw high and uh we want our audience to be uh safe and uh, careful and uh, continue to listen to WABC for the latest health tips and the latest news because you learn a little bit about everything when you listen to Cats at Night from politics to health to world affairs and what's really happening in the world.
1: Well, thank you so much, Dr. Peter Mikolos, And I just want to also personally thank you. I don't want to get into it, but my, I had a family member who I love very, very dearly. You, You helped me out like you were my big brother and you treated that person as if she was your own mother. So thank you so much. And we are eternally, eternally grateful for what you did. Thank you so much. Overall, you are amazing. W-A-D-C. You are a kind, wonderful person. Thank you, the Dr. W-A-E-T Peter Mahers.
7: family, We help our audience and we help each other to get through this uh, wonderful visit on the planet. Thank you Stay so healthy, much. Stay everyone. Bye.
3: Cats at Night
7: on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: Welcome back to the John Katz-Matidis Cats at Night Show. Right now, we are still awaiting the results of what's going on in Arizona. Control of Congress undecided as vote counts continue. John Katz-Matidis, what goes through your mind hearing that days after the midterm election in Arizona is still counting?
0: I don't know how that happens. And, you know, I, and I have to tell you something with President Biden uh, uh, wanting open borders. And the people of Arizona suffering. How is it possible that the people of Arizona that are suffering are voting Democratic? You tell me. I mean, it doesn't make any sense in my mind. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I I I just don't understand it. They're, not, they're certainly not voting for
4: their own self interest. But I want to talk to you about about this delayed voting. The problem is that every under the federal constitution, every state. Legislature makes the laws of the voting. And because of COVID, they get a lot of extenders and changes in the voting practices. It's time to take a real hard look. The federal government can't legislate this. Jerry Nadler put in some legislation, which is total nonsense to try to do that. The intro number one. The federal government can't do it. But they, the states can get together through a conference and come up with some standards. You can't have three days, three days after...
0: People still counting votes. You can't have ballots coming in that same day. Let me tell you something. At that uh, dinner we had the other night, the uh, uh, after-election dinner, I said to the people there, because there was a lot of Republicans there, a few Democrats, but a lot of Republicans, and I said, you know, when you have people voting three weeks ahead of time, four weeks ahead of time... Without a debate. and, and, And I said... And the polls are open that long. If there's some crooked polls, if there's some crooked polls, they know the time you're watching and Republicans go home at five o'clock. And guess what? They, they, if they, if they're going to cheat. They come and vote when you're not there. You don't even, trying. You don't you even know, have to it, have it cheating. It reminds me. I, I said it to Greg uh, Kelly before. It reminds me of the Civil War. Oh, that's a Civil War. The, uh, the uh, War of Independence. We had the Brits walking around in their in their red jackets, all proper, and and, and they would only shoot in a certain way, and they were all proper. Meanwhile, they're fighting the terrorists. Mm. On the ground, the, the, uh, the uh, Americans were terrorists at that time, and they wiped out the British. Now, this reminds me of right now, the Republicans are all proper people, we'll wear bow ties when they have to, they wear uh, white shoes, white socks, and meanwhile... The, the the democrats have a lot of people that are going going out doing what they have to do they're slick well but let's they're smart they're well wait s- but let's go let's go back to
4: pennsylvania you had that Oz debate against Fetterman. Anybody saw that debate? How anybody in their right mind could vote for Fetterman is totally beyond me. How you? And can they had a five hundred thousand. John, five
0: hundred thousand votes were cast before that because debate. Because people before put they the, saw p- the debate while they were still hiding Fetterman in yeah, the basement. Yeah. It, it, it
1: just, oh my god. And in Nevada, for example, state law allows mail-in ballots to be received through Saturday. Meaning meaning, counties are still getting ballots no, no, to be that's counted. The point. Well, they should called, not allow They that. Philadelphia. We need some ballots. Please I FedEx mean, out here. This
0: is insanity. Well, thank you all. Thank you, Judge. Thank you, Lydia. And, and I hope that the weather clears up. I hope we have a great weekend. And on this uh, Veterans Day, God bless our veterans. And God bless America. And what do we stand for? Truth, Truth justice, and the, and the American way. God bless.